Thanks once again for listening to um, Thinking Biblically About Things That Matter. I'm Steve Ron. I'm the pastor here at um, First Baptist Church in Warsaw, Indiana. We're working through our series on productivity. Um, and um, we've, we've worked all the way through really the, the, the lessons just on productivity in general. We've, um, we've we worked our way through those. And so this lesson and then, and then our next lesson really is just going to be looking at the routine of um, reading the Bible and then the routine of prayer. So we talked about why routines are important. Um, and I want to spend some dedicated time just thinking about these two particular routines. Um, uh, these are vital, uh, vital for the, um, uh, for the Christian. And so I want to just really today... Um, in, in this lesson, going to talk about Bible reading, I really just want it to be an encouragement. I just want it to be um, a, an encouragement to you. Uh, I'm not going to give you any rules. Um, and I, I'm not going not gonna to do that. This, is, these, these, um, this lesson has been influenced, much of it, by a book called um, Habits of Grace by David uh, Mathis. And what I'm going to just try to do here is um, is the the goal here um, is is ten aims to consider as you're considering how to set Bible reading goals as, as you're as you're trying to set Bible reading routines um, taking in the Word of God is meant to be a joyful life giving pursuit right. And so, um, with that in mind, we just here are ten aims to consider. Ten things we are aiming to do when we are reading God's Word. Ten things we are aiming to do. These are these are meant to be um, suggestions, tips, strategies. So, so um, ten things we are aiming to do when we are reading God's Word. Number one. Number one, we aim to remember that this is God's Word for us. This is God's inspired word. These are the thoughts of the God who created us and sustains us and is all-powerful and all-wise. These are his thoughts that he has put in human words for us. When, when we are reading the Bible, we are reading the words of God. Number two, we aim to know Christ. The Bible is about Jesus. Luke 24 says, And beginning with Moses and, the, and all the prophets, Jesus interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Um, later on in the chapter it says, Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. The, the law of Moses, the prophets, the Psalms, they, these are, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. The, the, the word of God from start to finish um, is ultimately about Jesus. John 5, Jesus says, For if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote of me. Who did Moses write of? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Num- Numbers, Deuteronomy. Who, who, was, who was Moses ultimately writing about? Jesus. The Old Testament points to Jesus. The New Testament shows us Jesus and then shows us all that, are, that, are, that is ours because of his gospel. So there's no greater joy than knowing Christ. So as we read our Bibles, we aim to know Christ. We aim to know Jesus. Number three, we also aim to have the mind of Christ. 
We want to think the way Jesus thinks. Philippians 2 says, So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you Look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. We are called to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, to think on things that are honorable and good and pure. We are called to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We are called to set our mind on things above. We are called to think the way Jesus thinks. We are called to have the mind of Christ. So when we are reading the Bible, this is a goal. This is an aim that is shaping our time in God's Word. We aim to have the mind of Christ. Number four, we aim to rake and to dig. We aim to rake and to dig. In other words, we aim for breadth and depth. So there's no law that says you have to read your Bible through in a year or two years or three years. You can, um, and it's probably much more doable than you realize. I mean, if you spent 15 minutes a day, you would get it done. You'd, you'd get your Bible done read through in a year. And, and I think it's a great idea to make it a goal to read through the Bible several times before you die, to get really, really familiar with it. But we have to understand that, that reading the Bible through like that is, is kind of like raking. It's, it's, it's superficial. It, it, it's by nature quick. Right? And if we're not careful, it can become weirdly like performative. I read my three chapters, check, move on with my day. We obviously don't want that. So it's good to think in terms of raking and digging. When you read through the Word of God and, and you spot something, you make a note of it. And you go back later and you dig. Right? So you're, 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 you're reading through your chapters. Maybe, maybe Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday are raking days. Right? You're just going to read through several chapters. But then you're, you're making little notes of, wow, that's interesting. I wonder what that means. I, I'm not sure what that verse is saying. I wonder what's talking about there. And so you, you make little notes. And then maybe Thursday through Saturday, you, you, you're, you're doing, you got digging days where you're just looking at one particular verse or one particular idea or maybe even one particular word. And you're, 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 try, you're digging in. You're trying to figure out what the, what the scripture means there. Um, you, you probably could actually do this, you could do this every day. You could, you could do a little bit of raking in the morning and a little bit of digging in the evening. Because if you think about it, you're probably going to spend between 1 and 60 minutes uh, digging on your phone. You're going to be on WebMD or Wikipedia, or if you're me, you're going to be on BoardGameGeek or, or MGoBlog. You know, you're going you're gonna to be somewhere on your phone just kind of rattling around the internet. Why don't you spend some of that time digging? You remember, you know, today I, I, I ran across this verse. I want to spend some more time thinking through it. Um, so that's our fourth aim. We aim to rake and to dig. So, so that brings us to number five. We aim to dig through study. How do we dig? First way, we study. And by this, I mean when we come across ideas in the Bible that we'd like to understand better, we, we investigate them. There's several good study Bibles out there that would help with this. Um, and then there's good websites, BibleStudyTools.com, BibleHub.com, Monergism.com, StepBible.org. 
Um, if you, I'm, my email is pastorsteveron at gmail.com. If you would like different suggestions, um, preceptaustin.com is this great website, Precept Austin. Um, uh, Google Precept Austin, and then they have a search thing. You can put in any verse. It gives you lots of common, good, trustworthy commentaries about that verse. Um, so there's lots of good there's lots of good resources on the internet to help you dig. And then there's lots of good study Bibles out there um, that will help you to study. So we want to get a better grasp of what a particular word or phrase means. So we study it out. So number five, we aim to dig through study. And then number six, we aim to dig through meditation. Meditation. So let's say we're reading through Romans 12 and we get to verse nine. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Maybe something in there catches our eye. So, so if we're reading through Romans 12, maybe we stop and we meditate on those verses. So if you're reading through Leviticus, right, and you're, you're like in chapter 13, and you're seeing, you know, Leviticus, is, it says if there's the skin of one's body, a boil. If there is in the skin of one's body a boil and it heals, and in the place of the boil there comes a white swelling or a reddish white spot, then it shall be shown to the priest. And the priest shall look, and if it appears deeper than the skin and its hair has turned white, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. If it is a, it is a case of leprous disease that has broken out in the boil. But if the priest examines it and there's no white hair in it, and it's not deeper than the skin, but it's faded, then the priest shall shut him up seven days. And if it spreads in the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a disease. But if the spot remains in one place and does not spread, it is a scar of the boil, and the priest shall pronounce him clean. Like, you don't, you don't need to meditate on that, right? It's good to read Leviticus, but most of the time when we're reading Leviticus, we're raking, right? Most of the time, we're not going to dig right into the... Um, to the white swelling or the reddish white spot or to see if there's hair on the boil. You know, we're not going to get into the minutiae of that, into the details of that. It's really good to read Leviticus, right? Because it, Leviticus in this passage and in many passages like it shows us like the great picture of the ugliness of our sin, our great uncleanness before God. It makes us thankful that we're that we have Jesus, right? So we don't we're, we're not under this law anymore. And so there's all kinds of all kinds of good for our soul in the book of Leviticus, for sure. But we're not going to get a magnifying glass out and dwell on the boil with the hair on it. But if we're reading through Romans 12, maybe we do stop and meditate on outdo one another in showing honor. We meditate on it. Now, this is not... There's goofy, weird meditation out there that's of no interest to us, like emptying our mind and discovering our inner selves or our inner peace or something. We're not talking about that. I mean, that's not, that's not the meditation that when Scripture says to meditate, uh, when, when because the, the, the meditating is a biblical thing. It's a, it, Donald Whitney describes biblical meditation this way. This is a great, this is what we're aiming for. This is a great definition of biblical meditation. He says, deep thinking on the truths and spiritual realities revealed in Scripture for the purposes of understanding, application, and prayer. So we are thinking about the truths and the spiritual realities revealed in Scripture. We're spending focused time thinking about it. 
So, so it would be well worth your time to spend significant time just pondering the idea of outdo one another and sh- showing honor. You don't need to necessarily study it to figure out what it means. You need to ponder it. You need to think about it. You need to pray about it. You need to think about what it would mean to apply it to your life. Um, or, or maybe the verse that you, you come across is, is the, the one from... Um, the one from Second Corinthians, for our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So maybe there's some stuff in there that you need to study. You need to figure out what it means. Like, what does it mean that God made Christ to be sin? What does that phrase mean? And then you figure that out, and then you meditate on it. You think about those different phrases. This was for our sake, the verse says. For our sake. And then he made him to be sin. Him who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The the righteousness of God. So we just spend a day letting that verse roll around in our head, thinking about it, pondering about it, thanking God for it. So we write it, maybe we write it down on a a three by five card. We pull it out of our pocket every couple of hours and we, we think about it again. And then that brings us to our seventh aim. We aim to dig through memorization. We, aim, we, we dig through study, we dig through meditation, and then we aim to dig through memorization. We're, we're meditating on a verse. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God, or, or maybe love one another with brotherly affection. And so then we work on memorizing it. There are many good reasons for memorizing scripture, but it, but in my opinion, the best one doesn't get talked about as much as the lesser ones do. I hear a lot of memorize this so you'll be ready for future battles, right? You memorize this verse so that when temptation comes, you're ready. Well, that's fine, but there really is no guarantee that you'll even remember. Like if you're if you you memorize the verse in 2023 and in the year 2030, you, you're tempted with something. Well, you may have forgotten the verse by then. We're all different. Some of us have better long-term memories than others. We, the main reason we memorize is because we want the mind of Christ. We want God's thoughts and our thoughts. We want his thoughts to shape our thoughts. So the, so the word of God is the thoughts of God. It's the, it's the mind of Christ. And so, so, we, so we may commit a verse to memory and then someone quizzes you on it in a few years and you can't remember it. That's okay. Because simply memorizing it has changed who you are. Right? It's changed the way you think. Which aims us, which that, and that leads us right to our eighth aim. We aim to pursue character forming application. When we are reading the Word of God, we are aiming to pursue character forming application. So if we're not. Careful, we can think of application in unhelpful ways. We, we can get our Bible open at 7 a.m. and say, I, I need a nugget for today. I need something that I can apply to my life this afternoon. Well, maybe that'll work. Maybe that'll work. But mostly what we're aiming for is simply becoming better people. The, the, David Mathis says in his book on uh, Habits of Grace, he, he, he reminds us that the vast majority of our lives are lived spontaneously. More than 99% of our daily decisions about this and that happen without any immediate reflection. We just act. Our lives flow from the kind of person we are. 
the kind of person we have become rather than some session of timeouts for reflection. Right? This is why scripture says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Philippians says, Paul's prayer is that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Um, and so the, Paul also says in Ephesians that, that um, he wants us to be able to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. It's, a, it's this kind of, of um, it's, it's, it's not that we get really um, good because, because life happens at real time, right? So it's, it's not that we have time to, to sit down, right? And to and to analyze things and to think about it. no our our decisions most of them flow from who we are right they flow from who we are and so reading the Bible we're we're looking to have our character changed and so so if who we are becomes more like Christ then our decisions will be more Christ like our our actions will be more Christ-like. Our words will be more Christ-like. Our responses will be more Christ-like. And so when we are, when we are reading the Bible, we're looking for how, what kind of person does God want me to be? Not, not um, what wisdom can I get for some particular battle? Sometimes that happens. Some particular conflict, I've got a verse for that. Well, sometimes that happens, but most of the time, most of the time we, we, we simply become better people by taking in the word of God. So we're aiming for character forming application. We're, we're aiming to become better people. And then number nine, we aim to be lifelong learners, right? Um, commit yourself, uh, when you're reading the Bible, commit yourself to the marathon of just continuing to learn, um, continuing to grow. Um, and so, and this look, this will look different in every season of life. You'll have more or less time based on what's happening in your life. You'll have more or less energy based on what's happening in your life. Sometimes you'll have longer commutes. Sometimes you'll have shorter commutes. Sometimes you'll have time to, to, to devote to reading a 150, 200 page book every month. Sometimes you're going to have to listen to more podcasts. And it's, so it's just your, your, your life is always going to be kind of just seasons come and seasons go. Assess your seasons. And how, what is the best way right now for me to consistently take in the word of God? How can I be a lifelong learner? Just because a season changes doesn't mean that I'm going to stop committing myself to taking in the word of God, to meditation and to study, to learning, to growing. Um, so be a lifelong learner. And then number 10, we aim to depend upon the spirit. Second Corinthians 2 re reminds us that no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. The the, the 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 wisdom that is imparted to us in Scripture is secret wisdom. It's the hidden wisdom of God. Um, the natural person does not accept. It says in two fourteen, the the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is able. He's not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. So, so we, we, we have received not the spirit of this world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And so the, the, when, you're, when, you, when you open up the word of God, you are dependent upon the spirit.
you're dependent upon the Spirit of God to, to help you to understand and help you to believe and help you to obey. We, we are, all is vain except the Spirit teaches us and grows us. Um, he wrote it. He is the one who helps us to understand it. He is the one who helps us to believe it. He is the one who helps us to uh, apply it. Uh, so, so we open our Bible, we do some raking, we do some digging, and we pray for the Spirit to help us. Um, and speaking of prayer, um, our next and final lesson here on productivity is going to be all about um, prayer. Um, so until then, thanks for listening. Thank you.